Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today's drink of choice is a matcha latte, iced matcha latte. My partner and I went on a lovely hike this morning with the dog that we are looking after right now. His name is Moss. He has a lot of energy, so we've been needing to go on extra hikes just to kind of tire him out a little bit because, yeah, he's got a lot of energy, which is really nice for us because it keeps us active. And as many of you know, I've been on a journey to healing my relationship with exercise for the last couple of years now. And so hiking is something that I've really connected with that makes me feel really good in my body, gets me out in nature and so it's always good to have a dog with us to encourage us to go out and do that. So today's episode is part two of a three-part series. If you haven't already listened to part one, I would definitely recommend going back and listening to that before diving into this one. You can also listen to this as a standalone if you already feel pretty familiar with a vision that you have for yourself and you're just looking to kind of get in touch with what might be blocking you. So I had mentioned in the last episode that you could really treat this little series as a little mini program. So I would highly encourage you to get your journal out, take some notes, and you know, you can listen back to the episode as many times as you need just to kind of really sink in to the insights that I'm going to be sharing and the reflections. Of course, I always mention if something doesn't resonate with you, then you know, feel free to leave that and just take what you need from this episode. There may be some things that really align and resonate with where you're at right now. And what's kind of interesting about this work is I find that, you know, it's an evolving thing, of course, and maybe you listen back to this in a couple of months and you're in a completely new space and you need to revisit and you're taking kind of a new area of your life through this process. So really what we're doing is we're taking one area of your life through this whole three-part process to hone in on your vision, see what might be blocking you, and then start to work towards gaining some momentum and taking aligned action. And I always recommend working through one area at a time. Of course, you can be kind of focusing on numerous at a time. I've definitely done that before, but for the purposes of this process, we're just going to be focusing on one so that you can see how it works and then apply it to whichever area you are needing some extra support in. And I've mentioned a couple times throughout not just this series, but previous episodes that my current focus, I've had a lot of success going through this process in other areas of my life. And right now I am actively working through my career and looking to make a pretty big up level and shift in my career and my financial situation. It has been a focus for me for quite some time, I think because there's a lot of unlearning that I need to do in what my career needs to look like and what my definition of success is and how I orient to success because 
you know, whenever I find myself chasing someone else's idea is when I get into that place where my well-being is really depleted. And of course, there's always a conversation of needing to have balance and financially support yourself. So that's something that I talk about a lot and how I've been able to do that at least so far for myself. I'm definitely not advocating for making huge rash decisions that are going to throw your nervous system out of whack, but really what we're going to be talking about in this conversation and very often on my podcast is just expanding and being able to imagine a different reality for yourself than maybe what you've already experienced. So the example that we've been using to kind of guide us through this three-part process is that of going on a road trip. So I mentioned in the first episode that establishing or clarifying your vision is kind of like entering your destination into a GPS. And I did a live example walkthrough of one of the responses that I received from the Manifestation Clarity quiz and offered some advice to clarify the vision. Oftentimes the vision can be kind of unclear when it's combined with a lot of different things and even when we introduce the how and not specifically the what and what I mean by that is sometimes we say that our vision is to have a lot of money but that's not really what we're looking for out of life for example. It's the what like what is that money going to enable you to do and where is it going to actually take you because once again we're focusing on the destination when we are establishing a vision so this week we'll be identifying your roadblocks so the things that may be holding you back from that vision becoming a reality once again and i'll touch on this in a moment within the realm of your control so again going back to our road trip example we want to be aware of road closures or traffics that we can plan accordingly and not get completely thrown off course now this is important to note because it's not to say that blockages or triggers that you have are bad it's it's inevitable that we're going to come up against challenges and to expect that we won't i think is maybe veering on the side of just bypassing difficult emotions and difficult experiences but it's acknowledging that they're there and then being able to move through them so that we can create a new pattern. And then next week, we'll be talking about how we can actually start to take action and gain momentum and work with the universe to do so. So do make sure that you are following the podcast so that you can stay up to date. And in between each episode, you can basically just be working through some of the prompts and exercises and reflections I'm going to be sharing in this week's series. Now, I will say before we get into it, and I mentioned this a couple of times before, that this whole three-part process is included in the free Manifestation Clarity quiz. So if at any point you're wanting to explore that, it's a bit more interactive, then you can also do that and then listen to the podcast sort of as a accompanying tool. There'll be a lot more resources and tips provided here so I can actually expand on what's included in the quiz. Okay, and then before we get into it, a couple of disclaimers. Anytime we have a conversation about manifestation, I just like to provide the quick disclaimer that I don't align to the belief that your thoughts create your reality and that you are solely to blame for the circumstances or situations that you're in. I just think that this mentality can be extremely overwhelming and we can become basically over overcome by the amount of things that we 
we need to control in order for our reality to look the way that we want it to. So I always like to share that the focus of this practice is what's within the realm of your control. So your habits, patterns, thoughts, behaviors, what you consume, who you surround yourself with, and then how we can empower ourselves to take ownership and redirect our internal forces and what is within our control away from the things that are perpetuating cycles of self-doubt, self-sabotage, smallness, and then direct it in the direction of our vision. Okay, so let's dive into today's theme, which is essentially step two in the three-step process, identifying your roadblocks. Now, you've established a vision for yourself and that's great, but why isn't it always an easy and straightforward path to getting there? Quite often, this comes from the fact that there is a jump between where we are now and what we want to work towards or the vision that we have for ourselves. Maybe we've never actually experienced what it is that we are calling in. So for example, if we're wanting to call in a healthy and supportive relationship, maybe that was never modeled to us in childhood. Maybe we never saw that. Maybe our caretakers as well as our friends' caretakers and you know those in our lives, our grandparents, etc. displayed unhealthy versions and so that's what we've learned to accept and the pattern that we've fallen into for ourselves so to be able to envision a healthy happy relationship can be quite hard because we don't really have any solid examples of that and we've never ourselves experienced that and that's just one example there are so many from relationship to career to living environment so really what we're discussing here is quite often there is that jump between where you are now and where you want to be and that shift into a new version that perhaps you've never actually experienced. And I said before this little phrase that has been on my mind. So the phrase is that your self-worth is your power source, the thing that's going to get you from point A to point B. And now, of course, this is nuanced as almost everything in this conversation is. But what I mean by that is it's the thing that's going to keep fueling you when you experience things like rejection and when you're presented with opportunities that are still at that lower level of what you're looking to let go of, the habits and patterns that are no longer serving you or the relationships or jobs that are feeling well below your sense of self-worth. So holding on to that vision for yourself and being aware of your inherent sense of self-worth is what's going to really help you to move move towards that vision that you have because oftentimes the outside world can be reflecting back to us this this same experience that we've had in the past and we may continue to experience these feelings of rejection and embarrassment and fear and to be able to hold on to that higher vision for ourselves and know that we are deserving of it is what's going to sustain us in the long term and keep us on that same path. So I like to think of it as a power source. And from time to time that can, you know, dim or turn off altogether when we have these things that knock us off our path and make us feel kind of re-triggered or re-traumatized or like we're back in that same pattern. But it's it's just the awareness that we can always lean into that self-worth and reconnect with it really. So rewinding for a bit to what I said earlier about how our vision often lies outside of what we've already experienced as possible, what can happen is even if we find ourselves in a position of feeling stuck or stagnant, this is really our comfort zone and it's what's most familiar to us and often we confuse this as what's best or most healthy for us. And then on top of that, when we try to expand out of our comfort zone and expose ourselves to different opportunities that would get us closer to our vision, 
we feel fear and we confuse this with actual danger and so we think that it's safer to go back to our old reality. I did a whole episode on how to navigate being outside of your comfort zone because quite often this process will require going beyond your comfort zone. So if that is something that you are struggling with or that you are looking for some tools to help to navigate, then I would listen to that episode. So what can happen when we establish or clarify our vision is we can have this initial burst of energy and momentum and inspiration and passion. We start telling people about it. We start, you know, taking action towards it, but that can slowly start to get lost to limited thinking, self-doubt, all of these cycles that we're going to talk about, or even doubt from other people who we surround ourselves with. I sometimes like to suggest that when you have a certain vision for yourself, you give it a little incubation period where you don't expose others to that until you're at a place within yourself where you feel confident about moving forward with it. I've often allowed other people's opinions to seep into that initial period where I've just kind of come up with an idea or a vision and then I kind of immediately start doubting myself because of other people's opinions and what they've shared and what I would say is quite often when this process happens I always end up coming back to the original vision it just takes me a little bit longer so like I said other people can also roadblock us from being able to move forward and that's a big part of this process is learning how to hear those pieces of feedback and not be completely in an echo chamber and not you know completely isolating yourself from other opinions but learning how to not necessarily always need to internalize them and always need to bend to other people's expectations and judgments of you this whole process of falling back into those limited ways of thinking and you know self-sabotage is deeply connected to what we refer to on this pod as the survival personality so in other words the adaptive habits, behaviors, and ways of being that we adopt in early life to protect ourselves or to gain the love and approval of others. So let's say, for example, we have the early life experience like I did of rejection, for example, social rejection and bullying. We may start to adapt in order to gain the approval and acceptance of our peers, but in doing so, we shift away from who we are authentically. And this cycle of avoidance really keeps us from having new experiences and putting ourselves out there in a new way later in life. So for example, for me, having adapted my personality to the point where I felt like I was protecting myself from, you know, social rejection, for example, meant that when I had inspiration to put myself out there in a new way, for example, put myself out there on social media, I would always avoid that experience because I told myself that it was unsafe. And I know this isn't coming from a place of true authenticity because my authentic self wants to be expressed and be creative and be able to be in spaces where, you know, the possibility of rejection exists, but I don't abandon myself in the process. And until we do this type of inquiry, we can often engage in these patterns and think that it is part of our personality. I thought that I was generally not a very expressive person and that I wasn't creative and blah 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 when really I was just protecting myself from rejection and from what I perceive to be failure and we see this showing up in so many different areas of life from relationships to career to social 
status to, you know, any area of life. So when we talk about blockages, really what we're talking about is the self-directed ways that we halt our own momentum, shutting down to any possibility before we've even let ourselves try. And like I said, other people can be included in, you know, they can be a source of blockage, but Once again, we're coming back to what's within the realm of our control and we can't control other people's judgments of the decisions that we make, but we can control how we react to them and then if we allow that to stop us from moving forward. So when we engage with this work, it's not to say that you will not experience rejection ever again or failure. In fact, in my experience, that's definitely going to happen when you start putting yourself out there more and when you start allowing yourself to be seen a little bit more for who you truly are. Sometimes that means that your circle will get a little bit smaller. Maybe not. Maybe it will. It just, there's a certain degree of uncertainty that comes along with this way of living. And I think when we are in that survival personality, we're trying to have that tight grip control over the avoidance of those experiences. Whereas with this approach, we're accepting that those experiences exist. And, you know, it doesn't mean that we have to like the feeling of being rejected or of quote unquote failure. It simply means that we have to accept that it's part of our journey and we have to not abandon ourselves in the process. And what I will say is it's almost as though each time that you have that feeling of rejection, failure, embarrassment, whatever it may be that you've been trying to avoid, that reminds you of your early life, you're being asked to heal it and still move towards your vision. So if you were in the practice of really being in that survival personality and not putting yourself out there ever because you think that you're protecting yourself from rejection, etc. You're never actually allowing yourself to heal and move through that fear and that wound. So putting yourself out there and coming back into the world and as your authentic self allows you to move through that healing and let go of that fear that is kind of controlling the way that you show up in the world. And what I will say is that's definitely not an easy process. Sometimes it requires support. In fact, a lot of time it requires support. So there's no shame in needing support to move through those wounds. I had mentioned in the first episode of this series that something I like to refer to this process as is purpose-driven manifestation. And really what this is all about is realizing that other people and external events don't get to completely derail you and decide your future and your worth yes these things can be setbacks but really the most productive way that i found to think about them is lessons or feedback of okay maybe that wasn't the right fit or maybe that's not the right fit for right now failure is such an interesting thing to me because when we look at it it's so subjective and quite often something that in the moment feels or looks like failure when we look back it can be so obvious the redirection that that failure was and that's really hard to see in the moment but something that I like to do I've mentioned this before is envisioning the version of myself in the future that understands why I'm experiencing this lesson or this rejection or this feedback and sometimes there isn't much to ponder when it comes to this it's just 
it just is what it is, if that makes sense. So sometimes I have a tendency to overanalyze every experience of my life and say, well, this is because of that. And this is because of that. Sometimes a rejection is just a rejection and it sucks. And we can allow ourselves to feel that fully and not try to come up with any sort of grand lesson in that moment for, you know, why this is part of your healing journey. Sometimes it just sucks and we can allow ourselves to feel that pain because we've worked really hard to get to a certain point or we really felt connection with someone and we can allow ourselves to feel that pain in the moment as well and not try to bypass it as some sort of big spiritual lesson. When we disconnect from rejection or failure, for example, as being a deeply personal thing or something that completely depletes our self-worth, we can be much more objective and just observe the experience happening. So, you know, Something that I I read about recently, which is an interesting practice that I've been experimenting with, is just seeing what it's like to have the opposite reaction of what you normally do. So if you have a rejection, you know, just seeing what it's like to just laugh. And sometimes that can feel weird and awkward, but it can also just break that weird stickiness and like shame we feel surrounding things like rejection. And being able to just objectively look at it as a event that is neutral and we don't need to really attach any sort of or assign any sort of meaning that can be a very freeing experience we don't necessarily need to reach out and grab and overanalyze and turn over every single experience and i just find that this allows life to flow a lot easier and we can move through those experiences of shame rejection pain embarrassment a lot more easily i don't know if that's a word but you understand the idea. So like I said, definitely easier said than done. It's not easy, but it's possible and it can make your life a lot more enjoyable. So ultimately what we're talking about is not perfection. We're not looking to never have the experience of rejection or failure because I believe that those are inevitable parts of this experience. It's about expansion. You're expanding beyond what you previously thought was possible for you or the world. And I just think of this as blooming and evolving and moving away from old patterns. So you're watching as you experience life and notice this survival personality tendency and patterning to pop up. And you're just simply allowing yourself to have a different reaction, have a different interpretation of that experience and interrupt that pattern. I had a whole episode about pattern interruption and how that can be really meaningful and helpful to set us on a new path. So I would definitely listen to that if that's something that you are interested in learning more about. But yeah, basically what we're talking about is expansion. And like I said, you don't need to force it or overanalyze it. You can just watch as old patterns fall away and new opportunities pop up. This is something that I've definitely noticed when I once again look back and look in aggregate at my journey and things that I really used to be afraid of or used to do, tendencies that I used to have, compulsions that I used to have, and just being like, huh, I don't do that anymore. That's interesting. And not needing to reach out and grab it and like turn it over, like I said, and just being curious and watching that evolution happen. 
Okay, so with those reflections in mind, the focus of this episode is going to be on two major ways that we block ourselves. The first is through our blocking narratives and then how those manifest through blocking behaviors. I also often use the term limiting beliefs, which is basically what we're referring to, but in this case, I like blocking narratives because oftentimes it goes beyond just beliefs and we're talking about widely held narratives and things that are just generally accepted as truth that we often inherit. Even though you could find so many counterparts Examples and challenge those narratives if you really started to delve into them. But oftentimes we don't do that. So we just inherit the life narratives of what's possible for us in the world from our caretakers and peers and teachers and society in early life. What I always remind myself of is despite the upbringing I might have had and the narratives that I might have inherited, some of them being very supportive to my life and some of them not so much. The important thing is that that's only one isolated version of reality. What you experienced, what you perceived to be true, what you were told was true is one version of reality. And it's often nuanced by different influences such as caretakers, like I said, peers, teachers, etc. So you've established this kind of mixing pot, melting pot, I don't know what the term is, of your definition of what's possible that has been derived from your own life experiences or somebody else's life experiences or what society has told you is true. And what we're really doing is we're looking at that and we're deciding what makes sense to continue to identify with and what doesn't make sense and you can really define your own version and in almost any case at least from what I found you can always find examples of people who are living in that way quite often we fall into this narrative of oh well it's not possible for me because of x but then if you find someone who has very similar characteristics upbringing experience life experiences to you that has achieved what you're looking to achieve or ha- is living that reality then like I said that version that you have in your mind kind of begins to crumble and I would really encourage you to seek out those people not the people necessarily that perpetuate the experience of smallness that you're having that tells you it's not possible but the people that can call into question something that you previously thought was true about yourself in the world a good example of this for me at least where I am in the world is that a pretty widely held narrative is that you must go to university in order to be successful. And like I said in previous episodes, there's often a fear-based narrative that goes along with what happens if you don't go to university. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. You will be homeless. You won't have money. You'll be desperate. So there's all these narratives that go into what it would mean to make one choice over another. And so growing up, this is kind of something that I just believed without ever questioning. And then in later life, I met people who defied this narrative and people that I could identify with that didn't have anything necessarily special going on in the sense that they were just people that were driven towards defining their own version of success and people who didn't go to university and are some of the most successful people that I know. So immediately I can start to unpack this narrative and examine it and decide for myself. It's not to say that university, I acknowledge that it can be a very direct path to success, but that doesn't mean that it's the only one. So when I kind of have these types of conversations with folks, what I'll often hear is, well, that person is the exception. They got lucky, blah, blah, blah. And okay, sure, that may be true. But for me personally, I'd rather hold a more expansive and uplifting vision for myself and just see where that takes me. So again, we're coming back to curiosity. At the end of the day, to hold the vision that I must go to university to be successful or to have a more expanded vision of, I can be creative with my life and decide for myself what success looks like. That feels like a much more uplifting narrative for me. And the reality is, is that we are all going to resonate differently, differently, excuse me, with different narratives for our life. And there is a degree of choice that we can have in what we align to and what we put effort into making our reality. Because if you've already decided for yourself that you must do X in order to be successful, then you're not thinking creatively for any other way to do it because you've already identified that that is the way to do it. And so your mind is just kind of working towards validating that and it's kind of just on that path. If you've shut down to any other opportunities or any other possibilities, thinking in this way allows us to reconnect with that childlike sense of curiosity and imagination and wonder and that's just really fun it's a fun way to live and it's exciting to not necessarily know all the answers to something and to be more expansive and have an open mind and just be curious about where things might lead and to be honest I already see these shifts starting to happen as more people 
question what is possible for them and question whether the commonly held narrative is applicable to what they want out of life. There are new narratives that are being formed that are more inclusive of people who don't necessarily align to the commonly held one. So this is an opportunity, I think, where we're at in time to be more open-minded. And I want to be really clear here because there's a tendency when this happens, I posted something a couple of weeks ago about, you know, normalizing not being very career-driven. And I got a lot of folks in the comments who are villainizing people that are career-driven. And I want to be clear that this is not my intention. Normalizing a new alternative does not mean we have to villainize the other alternative. So if you are someone that's career-driven, if going to university and education and higher education is really exciting and you're passionate about that, I have people in my life that love that. I think we will experience so much more harmony and so much more acceptance when we don't feel like just because we've made a certain decision that other people have to make that same decision and that has to be what their life looks like as well because I think that that mentality is what has gotten us to this point where we're so confined in the way that we think because a certain narrative has been pushed onto us. Okay, so that was a bit of a tangent but we're going to come back to getting in touch with and identifying your blocking narratives. So when you consider whatever it is that you're trying to manifest, the vision that you're looking to become a reality, we want to think about what mode of mind and what mode of thinking you find yourself in most often. Is your thinking surrounding this opportunity limited in that you come up with all of the reasons why it's not possible and you constantly tell yourself that you could never have that and you find examples of people that are doing way better and then you compare yourself Or are you expansive? Are you open and receptive to new ideas and possibilities? And we can also fluctuate between the two. I find myself in the middle at a lot of times. But a lot of us do find ourselves quite often, especially when we're just starting off, in that limited way of thinking. So all of our internal faculties are dedicated to finding reasons and collecting data on why it's not possible for us. And quite often, like I mentioned, this can be as a way of keeping us safe or so we think by keeping us in our comfort zone. So it's just something to be mindful of is becoming aware of that tendency to just collect all of the reasons why it's not possible. And like I said, you might notice other people are talking to you in this way too. When you present them with an opportunity that you have, they immediately start telling you why it's not possible or why it's not a good idea and just being mindful of that. But for this conversation, like I said, let's focus on your own zone of control. So which mode of mind do you find yourself in most often? So if you fall into that limited category, we're going to explore some of your blocking narratives with respect to whatever area you're manifesting in. So think of the things that start to immediately come to mind when you find yourself doubting. Now I'm going to provide a few examples but I would encourage you to explore this for yourself. As I mentioned my focus area is career and finances. So here are some of the things that I find popping up every so often that I've worked through that I'm actively working through. So I'm not worthy of a career I enjoy. I'll never find the right career. I have to stick to a career even if I'm miserable in it. I'm not capable of career or financial success. I'm too old slash it's too late to change directions. I'm always going to struggle with money. I'm bad with money. It's wrong to want money. I have to work hard and sacrifice to get money. Other people are luckier than I am when it comes to career and money. So those are just a few of them, but those are some of the mental patterns that I find myself often engaging 
living in. And that's just something that I always like to be aware of is when I come to that to just notice it and just see where that comes from and then just exploring anything else that tells you that it's not possible to have what you want in relation to the area that you're manifesting in and then that is the basis of your blocking narrative from there it can be really helpful to identify the sources in your life that reinforce this blocking narrative so people let's say in your life that echo that sentiment that you have in your head, peers, social group, your parents, societal expectations, media that you consume, your life experience or upbringing, or your own self-image and self-talk. There are so many ways that we can be influenced into continuing to think in this way. And oftentimes, like I said, a little incubation period, not necessarily needing to cut people out completely, but just maybe not discussing those topics that you're feeling a little bit sensitive in and just seeing if you can incubate those areas so that you're not always having these really charged conversations with people that are leading you to fall back into that pattern of thinking. Once you've identified those blocking narratives as well as the folks or the sources that kind of reinforce that, we'll then look into how these narratives, these internal beliefs and thoughts and patterns that you have going on in your head actually translate into actions that you take in the world. So Basically, how do these limiting beliefs and blocking narratives manifest? This can be self-doubt, negative self-talk, self-sabotage, procrastination, inaction due to fear of failure or rejection, avoidance, numbing, checking out, giving up, settling, defensiveness, comparing yourself to others, overthinking, overanalyzing, decision paralysis. So really what we're talking about is these behaviors that just stop your momentum, take you out of that kind of track that you're on towards your vision. And for whatever reason it may be, bring you back into that safety or perceived safety of your comfort zone. So there are so many different ways that we do this, but I would definitely recommend to explore your ways so that you can have awareness around them. And even just noticing when they come up, keeping a record, putting it in your notes app or in your journal of when these behaviors come up and who you're around and what triggered it and just that you can have that awareness so that you can move through interrupt the patterns and then self-soothe and provide whatever whatever support you need to shift into new patterns so once you've started to gather that data you can also gather some data over what helps you to move through those patterns so the supports that you can put in place when you begin to engage in these blocking behaviors and not allowing yourself to move forward with that intention of pulling yourself back into your comfort zone. So here are some that I like to use, but you will more than likely have your own. So one of them is simply just taking a step back, pausing, resting, not touching whatever it is that you are, you know, feeling compelled to self-sabotage in relation to. You can reach out to someone for support, whether that's a friend or family. Sometimes that can be tricky because they're not as objective. So sometimes a professional therapist, a coach, someone in that realm. You can use verbal or written affirmations. You can meditate, self-reflect, journal, sometimes just getting it onto paper and out of your 
head can really help you to move through. You can listen and read and watch something uplifting and I'm going to talk about this in a moment and you can also just engage in physical movement. I find things, simple things like shaking, moving, going on a walk, running, getting that stuck energy out of your body that can be really really helpful as well okay so i'm going to share a few more tips before we get into a live example so when we have certain blocking narratives and blocking behaviors those can take up a lot of space and energy and mental energy because we are constantly thinking in this way so sometimes we actually need to fill that space with something more expansive we can consume motivating content that reinforces our vision rather than our limiting narrative and makes us feel uplifted and helps to dispel any blocking narratives that you might have so for example maybe we do a little program that is all about thinking more expansively in relation to the thing that we're wanting to call in. Maybe it's how to call in your new partner or how to cultivate healthy relationships or whatever it may be. You can also seek out the people and communities and spaces that represent your version of success with respect to your vision and ask them to share their experiences and tips and immerse yourself in those environments. Like I said, even if you can find one example of someone that contradicts the blocking narrative you have about yourself, you can then begin to challenge the truth of that narrative. So like I said, it's really helpful to question and challenge your blocking narratives. These are some questions from Byron Katie. She has this framework called the work and I really like to use these when I notice limiting beliefs creep in. So the four questions are, is it true? Can I absolutely know it's true? How do I react when I believe this thought? And who would I be without this thought? And then you can keep a list of narratives and affirmations that expand you and keep it somewhere that you can easily go back to, like your notes app, for example, or even your phone background when you need the boost. And then the same goes for blocking behaviors, breaking them and replacing them with more expansive and supportive behaviors. The first aim, obviously, is to identify the blocking behavior patterns and then see if you can start to interrupt them. And then I had mentioned this earlier, but seeing if you can take the opposite action or something more expansive. In the beginning, you can experiment with challenging the behavior that wants to come up by just getting curious, asking if it's actually helpful right now. Does it serve you? And will what you're about to do help you move towards your vision? I had mentioned earlier about people that reinforce blocking narratives or behaviors and in this period it may be helpful to temporarily distance yourself from the things that reinforce these narratives and behaviors so you can think of this as though you were trying to quit smoking in the initial phase when the withdrawal is the hardest you'd want to get rid of or hide anything that reminded you of your habit and surround yourself with people who encourage you to stop smoking and ideally don't smoke themselves this doesn't necessarily mean cutting out everyone of your life forever, but having boundaries with the people and situations that might reinforce the cycles that you were trying to break. So for example, when I was in a place of really trying to shift my attitude towards work and unlearn a lot of the things that I had learned that were creating this internal experience of anxiety and trying to have a more expansive view, there were certain people in my life that I just didn't have conversations with about work. And Prior to that, there were a lot of really charged and heated conversations that made me question and doubt my path and it led to the point of our relationship is going to be a lot more harmonious if we don't have these conversations right now. You can also use this cleansing and kind of distancing 
process across various areas of your life. We'll call it like a detox almost. You can do a social media feed cleanse. You can clear your physical space. Anything that you need to do that will make you feel a little bit lighter and pull you out of constantly being pulled back into those cycles of self-sabotage and smallness and all of those fun things. Another big important reminder that has helped me so much, and this is the last tip before we'll get into the live example, is to protect and optimize your energy. If you're in transition where you're trying to evolve in a new way and experience resistance from those in your life, like I said, I had a lot of resistance conversations when I was leaving my job from colleagues and people in my life that really didn't understand what I was doing and you know, I felt like I had to defend myself and constantly get them on board with my decisions, etc. And I would just, if I could go back, I would just take note of all the energy I spent trying to defend my narrative and decisions. Now, the way that I approach this is to not get sucked into the energy of an old way of being that is pulling you back in and asking you to engage with it. So like I said, in the situations and environments where you can't really incubate yourself from certain people and their judgments and opinions, you can also just allow their perspectives and opinions to exist without needing to defend or fight against them. It's not up to you to make sure every Everyone is on board and understands your choices and you don't owe anyone a version of yourself that is no longer serving you. We can also understand that a lot of the time people's resistance to certain decisions can be from a place of protection and fear and so we can have compassion for that and not allow ourselves to judge them in reverse for not understanding our decision but once again sometimes there's not really anything for us to do but just to move forward and accept that people are always going to have differing opinions about the decisions that we make with our lives. And then once you pull that energy out of those conversations and losing so much energy to defending and fighting, you can really start to optimize and understand your optimal way of being, even if it doesn't match those around you. So for example, maybe you aren't someone who works for eight hours straight. Maybe you get little bursts of energy here and there. That's my patterning. And you can start to learn how to honor this and how to create a system that is best for you versus always trying to fit yourself into a box. And something that really helped me to do this was learning about my energy type through human design. This basically helps you to understand how to navigate life with much more ease by honoring who you are and how you best operate. So for me, for example, I applied this to my career by understanding that I actually seem to work best when I have a few different things that I can be dipping my toes in and not getting too bogged down by just one specific thing. That's how I feel really optimal. And I also have a lot of spikes and you know, learning to really honor when those are around, but then also trying not to super, super force it when I'm feeling low energy. Okay, so I did this in the last episode, but just to clarify, I'm reading out some of the anonymous answers from the Manifestation Clarity Quiz. It basically goes through all of the questions that we've been discussing today, and I'm just going to provide some thoughts. I don't think I'll have too much to say on this because it's pretty straightforward, but basically this person in this part of the quiz is looking to manifest in relation to career, and when it comes to manifestations, they find themselves in limited way of thinking thinking of all the reasons why it's not possible so 
I ask the person to select some of the blocking narratives that they find themselves engaging in, and here are some of the ones they selected. I am not worthy of a career I enjoy. I have to stick with a career even if I am miserable. I'm not capable of career or financial success. I'm too old. It's too late to change directions. I have to work hard and sacrifice to have money. Other people are luckier than I am when it comes to career and money. So hopefully this experience of identifying those blocking narratives is a good starting point to be able to then seek out some examples of folks who contradict this and once again being able to use your self-worth as a power source to let go of some of these narratives that are more than likely not helping you move in a direction that fears feels good to you excuse me and then in answer to the question, anything else that tells you why it's not possible to have what you want in your career? This person said, mostly fear of judgments from others around me. This is something I've definitely experienced as well, especially when, let's say, for example, in relation to career, the choice that you want to make. I, for example, made a transition from a nine to five steady corporate job to working at a children's summer camp. And that was a huge fear of judgment and oftentimes once again when the decision that we're making is societally maybe a little bit less accepted that fear of judgment can hold us back so then in terms of the main sources that reinforce this narrative this person said my peers and social group societal expectations and then upbringing so yeah societal expectations and upbringing are definitely ones that are a challenge for many of us and take some unlearning for sure especially if we've had a certain experience of life to be able to unlearn that that's the only experience that is possible for us and then when it comes to your peers and social group reinforcing this this lack of possibility and lack of expansion in your job and in your career like I said something that can be really helpful is to just have that incubation period perhaps you distance yourself from certain people or even just don't talk about certain things when you're feeling a little bit sensitive and then like I said being able to replace some of those blocking narratives by reading and consuming and watching uplifting content that shares a little bit more about what other career possibilities are out there and that can help you th move through some of these narratives and some of these you know fears that you have of judgment from others I find that that can be really helpful and then in relation to feeling like those narratives are perpetuated by your friends, perhaps being able to go to some meetups where, you know, it's, I'm not sure what your situation is, but for me, for example, talking with entrepreneurs because I realized I didn't know any and getting their feedback and hearing what it was like from them rather than listening to people who have never actually gone down that path. So that can be really helpful. And then this person in answer to the question of how do your limiting beliefs manifest, their blocking behaviors, Pretty much all of the above, self-doubt, negative self-talk, procrastination, inaction due to fear of failure or rejection, avoidance, isolation, numbing, checking out, giving up, settling, comparing yourself to others, overthinking, overanalyzing, and decision paralysis. So once again, being able to identify when and in what situations and around who these types of behaviors come up, starting to notice and bring some awareness of how they are not getting you any closer to where you want to go, and then putting in place the behaviors that are going to support you. So for example, this person had identified taking a step back, pause, rest, verbal or written affirmations, meditation, self-reflect, journal, 
listen, read, watch something uplifting, and engage in physical movement. So just finding the practices that work for you, and this may require some experimentation to move out of the compulsion that we had spoken about earlier of procrastination, avoidance, checking out, comparing, overthinking, etc. And just being able to pattern interrupt and create new patterns. Okay, folks, so that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you found this helpful and uplifting and that you found something in there that resonated with you. We will be moving on to the final um, step in this process next week, taking aligned action and working with the universe. And once again, I know this can be kind of out there if it's your first time engaging with this type of content, but all I ask is that you have an open mind and just take in what feels good and leave what doesn't. So with that said, thank you for listening this week. I'm really looking forward to diving into the final step and I will see you next week.